Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. How do I sound now? I sound okay? Did you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. It is another edition of Hoops Adjacent. On and the it is another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic Bay NBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. in the Bay. Marcus Thompson. And joining us, because and, and she doesn't want to join us, but there's no more games for her team. Wait, I never said I, I never said I didn't want to join you. No, no, I just mean you, you, you were planning to go to Boston, weren't you? I, I mean, that was the plan today, right? Go back to Boston for Game Six. Yes, and then, not, you know, yes, next that's series. why I wouldn't want to join. Yeah, yes. so that's what yeah. I mean. Weeks you had weeks of the spring was open because it was going to be a long run. For the Brooklyn Nets, but it's not Syracuse. <laughs> it's not. Which, which is not. a benefit, right? Yes, it's, it's our, good for us. But our bad pleasure, for sure. our That's all that matters. Yes, it's a joy for me to be talking with both of you. I mean, this. Oh, is Oh, I'm ex- sure it is. It is. It is. I wish we were talking about maybe some other things, but uh, I know, it's a joy right? speaking with That's both I mean. of you. Well, this off is- the top, um, I'm curious how it felt there. I know it was a sweep, right? I know it's like the talk of the town, but. Was it as intense as it looked on television? It looked like a really good, like high level series. Maybe that was just Boston emanating no, from the TV. No, I, I, I think <laughs> that's the thing that is as time passes or as you look at things that gets overlooked was the competitive nature of all these games. Like I did, I mean, I couldn't mm-hmm. help but wake up this morning and think, like, man, I wonder if Jason Tatum doesn't make that layup in Game One. Does that right? like how right? I mean, or if Marcus shoot, if Marcus Smart just shoots, right? Like if, everybody yes, expected yeah. him to do. Right? You know, there's small things, <laughs> or even you look at game two when the Nets had command of that one and then just couldn't really score in the fourth. Mm-hmm. But there, there were so many instances where you look at a sweep and you assume it's just an entire dominance over yeah. another, and it wasn't that. And it was high level. It was highly intense. It was. There are so many things to take from it. And, and Boston is a real deal. Like for as much as I've had been talking about the Nets and different things, and, and obviously we'll get into it and break it down, but they give credit to Ime Udoka, that coaching staff, yeah. the game plan, the the crew and that team and personnel and how they executed. And yeah, I mean, that's all I can say. They are the real, real deal. And and so that's one aspect of it. But DA, to, to your question, or Marcus, you know, just the end of the game, I think, too, there was just that sense of, you know, Brooklyn having a chance and putting themselves with an opportunity to hear you are at home. You're trying to avoid a sweep, feeling like they're going to come out of that. The crowd was erupting and getting ready to. Um, and so the inability then to close it out and do so on your home floor and the concept of a sweep and with players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, it just, it, I think when it did end, it was a little jolting, like, Oh wow. Like you knew this is a possibility. Yeah. You, you knew how good the Celtics were, um, but close out games, the challenge of them. And just, yeah, when it ended, it's like, man, the, um, the life left the building. It looked like, and this, this doesn't happen all the time with former assistant coaches. That series was coached like, 
a guy knew exactly what that team was going to do, what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. And I'm going to take that away from them. And I just wonder how you saw from an X and O standpoint, yeah, how Ime took stuff I think away just from them. Ime, um, and Marcus, you felt like you speak to that. Like you just look back at the trajectory of the Celtic season and where they were at. I think reading some this three games below 500 on January 6th, by the end of January, I mean, we know all the, of not just the best, the best defense in the NBA, best record in the NBA, best offense in the NBA from that time. Um, but just the, the questions about what Ime would take, not just in terms of X's and O's, but just, um, I am the biggest fan of his. There's also a small part of his sister played at DePaul. She's a, a fellow blue demon. She was a little bit ahead of me. So, so I got, I got some oh, okay, bias. Okay. I got some bias, but, but the understanding, not only the corporate knowledge of having coached with that team and, knowing what they want to do, maybe being a step ahead. Obviously, the the personnel of Kevin and Kyrie, Bruce Brown was there, Nicholas Clax. There was a lot of new pieces, though, for, for Brooklyn. Um, but Ime was someone who scout. I mean, think about when he was within San Antonio and scouting. I mean, he was in the West look, watching Kevin since he was, you know, throughout the whole course of his career, prepare right. for him against the post. Right. Like, there was just so many things with the coverages and looks and variation that they showed Durant through the course of this, knowing how to get into his body where with, yeah, they have a, a whole slew of guys that they could toss at him. And so some of it's about schemes, some of it's about personnel. Uh, but there was like small of just the cadence of when he dribbles, when he wants to reverse, uh, when he's pulling up a shot, like especially early on in the series, you're not going to block Kevin Durant's shot that we saw more of that, but just the strips going into it. Like they, they were a step ahead of, of, knowing how he wanted to play in such a nuanced way. And to me, that was really like the, the concept of talking about how physical they were, that that was evident. But there was little things of like, man, they just, it, and I do believe that starts with Ime. They studied, like they studied what it is his tendencies yeah. may be, what he likes to do. Um, and, and Kevin admitted at some point, I think it was after game three, that he was overthinking. And I think it was because they just all were so locked into a game plan um, that they really just executed in such a, a flawless way. I think that's actually a metaphor for the series in many ways. And I, I know the conversation is just about like, oh, you got swept and you failed and yada, yada. Uh, but what we had essentially was a team that was so talented, we thought they could overcome like the absence of chemistry that or all that all of that other like stuff billboard material right and we had a team who like had all of it right who lost lost in the final in the playoffs before who jailed together and in the end it seems like we just learned that basketball is still a team sport right and, and you just <laughs> as good as they are as talented as they are especially Kevin and Kyrie you just can't overcome that not against a team that has it right it's it feels like that's the overriding lesson that it is a lot about team and chemistry and just the 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 like all of those little details about how to guard Kevin, that's not one person. That's like, yo, I'm a, I'm a spin him this way, and you gotta be there, and I gotta know you're gonna be there. Like it feels like Boston had all of it, and in the end, the Nets just didn't have enough of it. Yeah, and think about like Marcus. That's so true. And even like in looking how connected the defense was, um, but it was about the the switching, but then the switch handoffs and and making sure that there. I mean, there's very few individuals that you can try and you talk about switching and oh okay it's going to invite some um some isolation because you're you're searching for for the matchup you're so, like there's there's no weak link but in understanding how they went about their business i think too just the concept of like 
shared experiences throughout the course of a season. And you could tell that they could speak honestly with each other. The conversations that um, there was a, a level of understanding. And and, and and that's not to say, like, you, you look at the level of talent. I do think there was, well, of course, you got Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving, you have other individuals who will make an impact. Um, but there was so many moments throughout the court, just miscommunication, whether defensive breakdown, whether it was on a pass, whether, oh, I thought you were cutting back door and, and you were flaring back out. Or there were so many things that in the postseason, like you don't, there is such a, a small arg- margin for error, especially against a team like that. Like you start <laughs> giving away possessions, it, like right? you just give yeah. away 37 points off turnovers. Like that, you're not going to win a playoff game like that. But it was, it was a combination of all those things. You saw it and you see it in guys' eyes when they're on the floor, when they're making reads or just the understanding of what, um, you know, guys are going to do when, when you don't have that time when you don't have that build, Marcus, you said it like it is still, there's something to be said for chemistry and chemistry isn't just, Oh, we like each other. We enjoy each other, enjoy playing. It's like, it, it's all of those little things that there is just, there was such a small amount of time for that. And I too think that even just comes into lineups, rotations, you know, Steve Nash trying to figure out what he has, what he has with what guys. And when you don't have your complement of players or rosters for the better part of the season, it's hard to figure out how everyone's going to work together. You know, Sarah, you, you mentioned, you mentioned ha- being able to have, real conversations and, and talk frankly. And Marcus mentioned it too. And I think that's kind of where I want to start with, with what's where the nets are and where they're going, because I wonder about honesty, real honesty about <laughs> what's going on with, with this franchise. And I, and I, and it's, and it starts, you know, it starts with Kyrie, but it's not just Kyrie. Like, I don't think anybody is still litigating whether or not he should have, been vaccinated. That's his decision. He has to make the decision. But you have to be honest about the ramifications of that, right? Like you have to have an honest conversation about, well, that, that cost us, that cost us this season, you know, like not, not that cost us the entire season. I'm saying that was, that was detrimental to us this season. Yeah. It came with a price. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and are they willing to have that honest conversation with Kyrie is Katie willing to have that honest conversation with his friend to say, look, I respect you as a man. I respect you as a player, but, but you weren't here for us this year. You weren't here enough for us this year. And that has showed up in the playoffs. And so we need to know that you're going to be here going forward. Um, and I would just wonder if they're going to have those real conversations with each other. If I had the answer to that, DA, I'd yeah, be, yeah, I'd I be, I'd maybe my pay grade would be a little bit higher. I'd be doing something else. <laughs> You'd but, probably be the new coach, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> right? But like that, I, I, I don't know. And that's, you know, that's internal stuff. And it's also um, those conversations or whatever conversations or just how you view things. I think anytime there's different perspectives or you're coming from different perspectives or where your priority is lies. I mean, who, who would have thought this, I, everything with, with COVID or the protocols or mandate, like to think about the amount of time all of us spent to, trying to figure out what like local mandates would be and, and mm-hmm. what, what's mm-hmm. going to happen with, uh, you know, the mayor and all that, like things that, that are, are so outside of what you normally would be looking at when you're talking about basketball and breaking down basketball and what teams are going to do. And so I don't know, because that's a factor, because you never know. There there could be something different. Like, things pop up. Things pop up in life. Things pop up with, you know, whatever's happened. And, and 
that obviously was a major factor. However, like you said, you're not litigating whether or not about getting the vaccine or not, or, um, Mm -hmm. but it, it had a, a part in the way so many things, the dominoes that fell throughout the course of the season and where the team found themselves. And even thinking about like this situation or with Boston or getting swept, like they had, they were, had to do everything they could to even make it in the playoffs in closing out the season. And just the amount of energy expended, like to think about the load that Kevin carried, not only being injured and then coming back from injury, the amount of time that he missed and how that changed the complexion of things when you don't have Kevin and you don't have Kyrie a lot, but also like just when he did come back, the, the amount of responsibility that he had to carry, the amount of minutes that he had to play, the amount of minutes Mm -hmm. that he had to play leading up um, to this postseason, And I don't, I don't know if that factors in, and I don't know if he would feel like that, but the physical and mental toll and emotional toll it took on everyone. And on this team, like that's, that's where it's very complicated. It's very layered. And now for, you know, two plus seasons, you're looking at a team that um, on paper there, there has been so, so much to, to have a high level of expectation for, but it's never really come to fruition because they've never actually had all the pieces together, the pieces healthy, the mm. pieces available. Um, to really take a look and see what you have. And and I think those honest conversations in some capacity, like that's going to be a big part of the off season and a big part mm. of decisions made and a big yeah. part of, of what Boston things had look them. like. That Boston had those conversations. They, they, Ime Udoka stepped to Jason Tatum and said, not good enough, man. <laughs> you're, it's not good enough. What you're giving us isn't enough. Same with Jalen Brown. Not enough. Not good enough. You know, like, and it's hard. And Marcus, I wanted to bring you in on this because – I was talking to a, another team's executive yesterday, and he said, look at what Golden State did with Andrew Wiggins. Very, not same, but similar circumstances. I don't want to take the vaccine. And he said, look, I wasn't there, but I guarantee you that conversation was had, that you got to take the damn shot. You may not want to take the shot, but you got to take the damn shot for us to have a chance to win because we need you on the floor. and We can't have you on the floor half in, half out. And I wonder, is that, do you think that's how it went down? Or do you think he he kind of, just took ownership of it himself. Yeah, I think it was that version, but a little bit of a Jedi mind trick, right? Where it was like, <laughs> it wasn't like, yo, you got to take this shot, but it was like, yo, Andrew, where we got your back. I mean, even Andre Iguodala like publicly defended, you know, mm. well, like Steph Curry is like basically Dr. Fauci's homie, right? So you know where he stands on it, right? <laughs> but publicly, they were like, man, Andrew is Andrew. So I, I think it was more... I'm going to show you what it's like to be supportive and be there and let's hope you reciprocate it. Right. Like let's hope what we mean to you shows up in this decision. Right. Like, so it was mm-hmm. publicly, especially I was shocked. I was shocked when they came out. It was like, yo, y'all got Andrew misunderstood. I'm like, are you serious? Y'all been, you know what I'm saying? Y'all been on our neck about this COVID this whole time. And now all of a sudden you're like, but I do think the way they put their arms around Andrew I just think he felt like I, I can't do this, right? And he still, no, he's still mad he took it, right? You ask him <laughs> now, he's still like, man, I didn't want to, but you know, he, the dude got like an all star starter, Sarah. Like he had the best year of his career. He's in the playoffs. He's still like, yeah, it's cool, but I still want you to get that shot. Yeah, I still didn't really want to take it. <laughs> but I, I do think they went about, they, so they told him, like, yo, you got to take this shot in a way that he would understand, right? And I do think mm-hmm. that's where you get the difference between Kyrie and somebody like Andrew, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know how I, Kevin Durant is tight with with Kyrie. I don't know how if Ky, if Kevin knows the words to tell Kyrie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. like yeah. Kyrie is but such an even, individual. I got but, it. Yeah, and it didn't even feel again. These are things that I'm not uh, 
privy to in, in understanding all the conversations or thing that, things that took place. Um, but it, it felt like such a, a definitive, I've made up my mind. Yeah. There's no, yeah, yeah. there is no convincing. There's no talking. This is bigger than basketball. This is bigger than um, anything you can try and explain to me. I don't want to say it's not worth those, but I think whatever was, was tried to convey the, the concept of it or how it affected the team, that it, it wasn't about that. And so, um, again, those are not conversations. No, that's it's a, such a great a, point. You though. know, a whole nother thing, but I, I don't yeah, think, yeah. It, I don't think it was necessarily, um, apples to apples and comparing like, no. Oh, if we try and reason and logic with you in, yeah, you know, the team, yeah. the brotherhood, the everything, mm-hmm. I think it was mm-hmm. just, that was, that was a different perspective. And Andrew was different. Andrew, it was like when he had a stance, people were like, yo, Andrew, for real? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was more like, like, yo, man, you, we didn't know you felt that strongly about things, right, you know? Right, so it's like, right. let me understand where you're coming from. So yeah, you could, like right. Kyrie, you go look in his eyes and say, yo, he's not moving off that. Like, like, no, right. I get KD it. No, I get knew, it. If, if, if anybody knew that he right. wasn't moving, it was KD. Right. <laughs> I just, I just wonder going forward and I, I want to spend, you know, I'm trying to spin this forward with the Nets because I still think they have a great chance to be right back in the mix next year, but I don't know if it's going to happen if they aren't real with each other, you know, like, and again, Ben Simmons now comes into it. I'm going to play. No, I'm not going to play. My back hurts. Okay. I get it. I'm not saying your back doesn't hurt, Ben. I'm sure it does, but everybody's back hurts this time of year. You know what I mean? Everybody's knees hurt this time of year. Everybody's dealing with something physical, that they have to push through and it's not pleasant. And, but are, you know, can they, and, and, and if Ben's dealing with some stuff off the floor, you cannot dismiss that. You have to be, you have to be respectful of that. And I, I'm sure he is, but the pursuit of a championship requires complete total buy-in from everybody. We've all got to be, we've all got to buy in. That means we all push through these things that are bothering us. Whether it's physical or mental or, or emotional, we push through them. And again, how are they going to get to this point with Ben where they can say, look, man, I know you're hurting, but we, we need you. <laughs> like, we need you. And to, and to get him to believe it. And I just wonder how they're going to do that going forward. And I think it's just the entirety of that. And you're right. Like, the, the concept of trying to win a championship is so difficult as is yes. without yes. having the buy of every, and that's like, you know, the, this so every single player, that's every single person in your locker room. So that is every single so person, hard. the coaching stuff, the performance, <laughs> like yes, yes. everyone, there is yes. one focus and it's gotta be that bottom line. And you've gotta be all at whatever, whatever it's going to take, whatever you need. And even at that, you could have all of that and you could have all the skill and all the talent and things could happen mm-hmm. and it doesn't go your way. And so and that to me is a beauty of it. Like that's a beauty of why we celebrate champions and yeah, celebrate yeah. championships because of understanding what it takes. Uh, but, but you do, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know what those conversations entail of, of having that type yeah. of belief that, okay, everyone that we have in this locker room, everyone that is here and that's guys that play that don't, the roles that change it, all of that. Um, but to be linked in that way is something that that's the the bottom line of the foundation necessary. But when you have yeah. a talent, I mean, to think about the the skill when you have someone. I know the the series was a tough one, but someone 
that is the caliber of Kevin Durant and someone that is the skill of Kyrie and what you can mm-hmm. do to complement them. Yeah. Uh, but it's got to start with that buy-in. It's got to start with that buy-in. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. You know, um, I actually I wanted to ask you the same thing, but in a, in a different vein. Like we we've seen these teams who look like man. One year they're like, ah, oh, they've got the pieces, and then they wait. They believe in that so long, they they wait and they don't make the changes. And it's like I'm looking at you, Utah, right? Like couple, <laughs> a couple years ago, it's like now it's like, come on, see y'all should have. But then you have teams right, like Boston, right. who you can see it in there, and if you just are patient. It like clicks, right? Presuming they do get that kind of togetherness in, in Brooklyn. So presuming, let's just say this season is the catalyst, mm-hmm. right? Where like now they understand what you got to do. Can can they just can they just run it back and and kind of fold Ben in over a full season? And I'm I'm, I'm talking about like keep Steve Nash because I feel like the yeah. answer to this series was really a better first three games from Kevin Durant. And that just doesn't seem like that far of a reach, right? It's not like no, you were saying. Right, right, I mean, right, I think right. that's why. Yeah. It's, and, and even how he looked, I mean, he finally it felt like things clicked in, in game four. Like then you started to be like, oh, okay, he's finding some of his areas. He's figuring out um, exactly how he's going to get his shots, where they're going to come from. I said it again. I mean, it's it, game one. Tatum doesn't make that layup or the, you know, smart takes a shot. He's going to take or Jalen, whatever happens in that last possession. Nice. Ime Odoka, nice call, not calling a timeout to allow them just to get into something quick. But if that changes, you steal the first game at home, how you're feeling, how things look like, I, I think that's why there's such, there's such small, you know, fine lines of, of the trajectory of way things go. And like Seth Curry, again, you could look at a million things and, and I want to keep saying Boston, Boston is legit and they are real and, and they yeah. are, are so talented and so good, but mm. there are some cracks always with any team. Seth Curry, the, the ankle injury was absolutely hampering him. Joe mm-hmm. Harris, you assume, is going to come back and be healthy right, next year. Right, right, yeah. The dynamic that adds and another floor spacer, um, you know, figuring out exactly what you want your big rotation to look like or, or finding a wing, you know, find like what does that look like? Is uh, Blake was playing some there in game four and towards the end of game three, but the Drummond situation, like trying to work some of that. There was a lot of moving parts with that that you wonder, okay, you have a, you have a, training camp you have a proper you know look at some of these guys or players or, or who you want um to fit in what roles with different lineups how you can go smaller bigger whatnot for all of those reasons I, I i do think that's a real point i will also say this about steve nash 
you know, just in, in, I know people are on him and decision-making and some of the, whether it's the rotations, whether it's adjustments, whatever, like dealing with all the adversity that he dealt with as mm-hmm. a first year head coach. And then in his second year where you think, mm-hmm. okay, fine, we made it through the pandemic COVID right. the, the playoffs, guys being injured, guys being hurt. Now we have a season. I, you have a training camp with the group, the Harden trade and, and then Durant getting hurt and the, you know, right. protocols with Kyrie being ineligible, not with the team for the first half of the season and only being able to play in road game. There's a lot of things that I would imagine, like when you're trying to improve as a coach and improve yeah. as a new coach, yeah. when you're dealing with so many other things and also the mental toll that it takes on just draining and trying to handle a lot of stuff. Like to me, the, there are aspects of the continued put when you bring up the Celtics, you bring up this group, you bring up, you know, trying to get to certain points. Um, they still will be talented. And, and there's always X factors with injuries or guys, you know, being healthy or what that looks like. Will they bring back Bruce Brown? You know, Bruce Brown was such a critical part to this team and he's going to attract a lot of interest in other places and, and likely get, you know, a, a good chunk of change. So what does that look like? Can you try and keep him? And so I think there's multiple reasons to believe you stick with your same core and you have a good group and you think if people are able to be there and be available, um, that you should have the same idea of running things back to some capacity with some changes and having championship aspirations. But I do think just the way things ended and the disappointment of the entirety of this year will leave a lot of soul searching and oh, a yeah. lot of questions and a lot of wondering, yeah. okay, what, what exactly do we need and what do we need and who do we need to get that type of buy-in? And how do we get it? Yeah, one of the things Boston showed was that you kind of need six, seven, six, eight long athletic yes, wings, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was so, gonna- like, Marcus, how how <laughs> evident, like, you looked and there were so many instances. It's like, man, they just shrink the floor. They cover so much. And, yeah. and they're a – I mean, they're – their unique. personnel yeah. and you put that together, yeah. they're very unique. So you're not going to find that everywhere. I mean, you're not just going to come through with players like that, but in the, in the idea of when you're running out lineups of Kyrie, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Bruce Brown mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant, you know, and that's not, or hey, even that if you have Claxton, far away, like huh? Durant at four. Short corner is a long way away. With right. Patty yeah. <laughs> like how, how that looks and how that looks defensively. And you're trying to score again. I think that's part of the problem too. When they were trying to figure out lineups, it's like, Man, Boston was just long and athletic and quick. Do and they do they have a long athletic uh, four three four on the bench, Brooklyn? Do they have other, on the bench uh, other than is, Kevin Durant? Uh, is there another guy they can add somewhere? I mean, maybe can, is there? Oh, oh, oh wait, can guard point guards? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, but that's a concept that like Absolutely. if. If you do get Ben back and you have an off season and he gets healthy and maybe he's more comfortable having a preseason, yeah. like the, the the reasons and there's been a lot of what ifs with this team. I feel like that I've been talking about to the course of the last couple of years, but it's like what what he brings to the table in terms of what the Nets need it is a a excellent fit. But how, how do you get that to not just be a concept and be a right, reality, reality yeah. that you're seeing on the floor? <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, he could, I mean, he's a, he's a game changer. I think people, you know, Ben Simmons is a really good basketball player. You know what I mean? Like he's really good. Um, I don't know if and, you remember don't need him. though. I don't know if you remember That's what I'm saying. Because like, it's like, the recency like, bias yeah. of all you're thinking about is the last. I mean, he's giving us good reason to forget, but, they're still, it, but you know, he still was really good. He's still really good and really would fit what they need. Um, 
they went the veteran big man route the last two years. They, you know, it went with DeAndre Jordan and with Drummond and, and, um, and with LaMarcus Aldridge and it, well, that didn't really work. Right. So I I think they have to rethink it. Do they think to me, they could use, and, and Claxton is sort of like this, but he doesn't have quite the physical skills of a Robert Williams, but that's, that's the type of big, I think that they need is just kind of a physical young, Big, not necessarily a scorer. They don't need scoring. They got plenty of scoring. They just need somebody to rebound and block shots and and defend the paint. And um, I just wonder if that's possible because they gave away so many draft picks for Harden. You know, like, I mean, they just, they just don't have them anymore. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think Claxton really continued to come into his own. The one, th- I mean, where he, you look at game four, he, I don't know how many free throws he missed. Um, yeah, it was a lot. An area ten, um, <laughs> but, but he, an but, area he competes. Proved, but, but but but, he other, competes. but that aside, like yeah. he dealt with yeah. he he had a non COVID illness. He missed a bunch of time. He had some injuries. Yeah. He was in and out this yeah. season. But so you started to see the areas of like man, he could develop, and he's still only yes. twenty one, twenty two years old. That he's someone that could and should be a piece of of what he could be as a lob threat and a rim roller and how he showed a versatility on the defensive side of being able to match up with different players, guard multiple positions, um, and he'll continue to roll to grow and get better. But I do think when you look at just the bigs in general or how you want to play, or I still think this, you know, when we're thinking conceptually, like the thought of having put Claxton in there, but even like the thought of having Ben and, and Durant in your front court, like playing mm-hmm. small and mm-hmm. using that size. But that's where Marcus, to your point about just how long and big and the that's where it factors in of if how small you are in the backcourt or what did the other positions look like or you know, just Aries, when you look at Boston, when they played small, they still had, it was still six, seven, six, eight, six, eight, mm-hmm. you know, they were still across the board having size. And so that's where I think it's, you start to look at what bigs or how the bigs fit in or how you want to play. And I think that was something too, that the nets with, with guys in and out or not, they never really figured out, okay, what's our best lineup here to close against different teams or how do we match up or how do we make teams match up against us. And I think some of that came from, you know, their deficiencies at the defensive end, but it was almost so much more of when you've got the superstar talent of a Kevin Durant and Kyrie and other good guys, like if you believe you're a championship team, then you should be running guys out there that, okay, match up against us in the lineup we want to play with. And it didn't feel like it was often like that. Yeah. And what happened to them defensively? Cause the first six weeks they were top 10. It was the first six like weeks. Were- That's what happened. I guess, yeah, yeah. No, you're they were right. You're right. To start I mean, it, you know, it was like they okay. We we may not score the way we thought, but we can still win games by getting stops. That's fine. That's I, you know, that's you well. Know. That, that's where I think, and that's where I think the questions come in with the balance of the postseason. I think we saw it last playoffs that they had another gear. So mm. it was the thought of oh, when we get to the post, we have another gear we can take a do defensively. When they were closing out games early in the season, when they needed stops, they could get stops. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to, like, you can't just switch it on and out. Like, the Celtics, for as much as we talk about how good the Celtics are defensively, they're really good offensively. And a lot of their <laughs> offense is fueled by them getting right. stops and runouts and some early offense. Yeah, yeah. But they're really good. And I think 
that's where the breakdowns of Brooklyn on the defensive side were just so glaring because mm-hmm. it was, you know, through the season, it was so much about the effort level or the intensity and, and how you're playing in the regular season, the assumption of, okay, in the postseason you're going to be able to take it up a notch. But there was just like miscommunications and breakdown of where you're going to be. I think it, guys look fatigue at times where, they're not making the rotations or the help or moving or doing things that in postseason basketball and playoff basketball you would expect. And so it circles back to just areas that you need to fill some of these gaps or looking at the roster, who you're going to have out there. And um, there was just never that connectivity or understanding of exactly where to be, exactly what they needed to do and exactly how to help one another in moving mm-hmm. on a string. Um, because they didn't have the individual defender, you know, Boston, not only how they moved and how they understood each other was so impressive, but they also have at every single spot, excellent individual defenders. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where the questions will come, but I also think they didn't have that historic offensive prowess that they had two years ago. Right. And the numbers, I mean, they were, they were putting up numbers that it's okay, try and score with us. Mm-hmm. They were never at that level this year. So you got to balance that um, with an improvement on the defensive end. And, and for the better part of the season, I didn't have it. DA, is she saying that it wasn't ideal to have Patty Mills on Jason Tatum isolated? Is that <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I felt bad for Patty. He gave it all I he mean, had, though. No, no, he, he does. Patty's a Patty. Great but player. Like, great, yeah. But, but, and yeah. I love, but, it was, but it was circumstances you're watching or like when they are switching and you're rotating out and Patty's trying to box out Robert Williams. Yeah, like Al there's Harper, just stuff right? that you no look chance. and you're like, no man, right. you're trying yeah. your best, but just being able to exploit so many areas and so many occasions it was yeah even it after was, all was, the adjustments like steve would make an adjustment and be like at the end of it was still somebody on somebody they shouldn't have been on right <laughs> <That's tough. laughs> I'm, I'm curious uh you know a lot of the stuff you're talking about like we've watched it with other championship teams right we've watched i watched it with the warriors you could see it brewing in, in boston i wonder about this team like who's the leader uh i don't i don't know if Kyrie can be in that position from where he's coming from, like missing so many games. Uh, I just don't know if he has the credibility with that group yet. He's kind of got to get that back. And he, like you said, man, Steve, I mean, I, I remember Nash when he was working with the Warriors a bit, like everybody loves Steve, right? Like he's so like right. personable. <laughs> right. So do you figure he can reach them? But it was, it's not like, I don't, I didn't get the sense that they're not listening to Steve, but it just felt like a lot for a guy learning the ropes. Um, and KD makes the most sense, but I just don't know if that is that his demeanor to be like, all right, here's how we're going to play. I wonder who who leads them forward or who should lead them forward. Who, how should I know Kyrie said it's going to be me, KD, Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kyrie promoted himself yeah. to general manager, which is great. <laughs> but like, you know, fi- like these teams like Boston has a philosophy. They have a way they play. The Warriors have a way they play. And even when it don't work, they're like, yo, we're sticking with this because yeah, we believe Miami. in it. Like Miami, Miami right? Plays. Like, yeah, how right. does how, Brooklyn's way is like, yo, get a ball to KD or Kyrie. And that we, we've seen that don't work. <laughs> so how do they move forward in leading and building something? Because I, the talent is there. It's so clear the talent is there. But as a champion, they kind of need that. How does that play out, you well, think? Well, and I think the I think Marcus has such great points and excellent questions because I think coming into this year, everything else is headed to when we went out to San Diego for training camp and you're not even thinking about anything with, with mandates and 
all the stuff and you're looking at the roster with, you know, at that point, James and Kevin and Kyrie and Patty and, but there was a, Oh, there's a lot of guys with championship pedigree. So you bring in someone like Patty Mills, who is just the ultimate, ultimate pro and teammate and Mm -hmm. professional willing to do whatever you need from him. Um, Blake Griffin decided to, to come back and obviously his start to the season was not what you would hope and didn't look how he had looked the previous postseason, but just his ability to be a veteran presence. And at least, But it was a combination of a lot of different individuals. But at the end of the day, like this is and this should be Kevin Durant's team. Kevin mm-hmm. Durant is is the guy. And I don't care what happened in the first, you know, three games of the series or just what Boston did. Like he is a bad, bad man. And he is mm-hmm. is one of the greatest players you have in this game right now, but how he leads and how he, I mean, he, he's communicative on the floor and when he speaks guys, listen and obviously respect him, but he's also not your guy. That's always going to be talking every day in the locker. I mean, he's, he's, he's different than Patty Mills or he's different than a, yeah, or even, um, and how much he loves to play. But I think there was a lot of moving parts and everyone's just unique set of personalities and you bring up Steve, like the coaching stuff. I think there was so many areas that there was such a high amount of respect um, for, of course, who Steve is as not only as a Hall of Fame player, but just how he communicated, how he resonated with guys, how he was able yeah. um, to understand different guys in different roles. But I think because there was so many moving parts within Kyrie not being around for the first half of the season. Patty Mills needed to then take on a different role. Joe Harris getting hurt, and he was such an important part for how this offense functions, and he only played in 14 games, so you almost forgot about it um, because he was gone so early. Bruce Brown wasn't really in the rotation in the early part. He didn't even start starting until, you know, after the all-star break. But there were so many moving parts with lineups and who was playing and who's in and out of the rotation that when you think about the identity of how this team is going to play, your thought was just, oh, this is going to be a scoring team and a great offense because you have Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant gets hurt and misses 20, you know, 21 games. That's when they were first in the East and all of a sudden things started to to drop and bottom out some is you're then scraping your way back. And then when that did happen, I think there was just so many things that you look going into this year, it's not just, you know, it's not just going to be about, okay, who's going to be the leader of this team? Because I do think, that's a factor, but it's also what does the personnel look like around it that how, how exactly do you want to play? What do you want your identity to be? How do you have maybe, cause there was moments and stretches of the season when the ball movement was there, the bot, like when it wasn't just isolation, but it was about creating the best look, but doing so with the level of skill you have in these guys um, that you saw the flashes, you saw the flashes of how that works having shooters out there to help space the floor, but also more creators. There wasn't a lot of guys that could create like Goran Dragic was really great in the series, but who are your true point guards? And there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, Kyrie plays, the, but he's a, he's a scorer, you know, Patty scorer, Mills could yeah. be more of a scorer. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of true creators. You even look at the series too, when you're breaking down X's note, like a lot of it, give credit to Boston's defense. They barely got to the rim. Like there wasn't a lot of opportunities of, how you're going to play to do these. And I think for all of those reasons, being able to break things down, whatever you're going to do in the off season, guys who stay, sign, resign, whatever, however you figure that out, what the roster looks like to me is going to be one of the most interesting parts of how it complements Kevin and and Kyrie. But also then what does that mean for the identity of how you want to play? 
and how do you how do you find ways and hopefully it's been and been being healthy but how do you find some ways to show some semblance of, of a defensive presence Sarah I was gonna yeah. say is there a guy on the bench who could like run the point and be like a <laughs> Floor general, yeah. <laughs> so wait, you're telling me you need some some more size, <laughs> defensive presence, a passer, yeah. sees the floor Ball, well, hammer. pushes the pace. Not looking for a shot, you know, somebody who set that right, right. Yeah, right. You need Man, some more you, rebounding you too. You can beat on the boards, so. right? You know, if but I, that's, but, that's, but that's the idea, Mark. Is like that's. That's where there's still you try and find those glimmers of hope because it's like you got you got it you got it just yeah get everyone Look, on the floor I still together. think I still think the Nets are in way better shape than the Lakers are right now just way oh, are you better kidding? shape like, are you kidding me? you know what I mean like, <laughs> it's like, actually like I you think look at it you if go, I predict what's gonna happen I think KD is about to be like all right. I'm leaning into this. Like I'm not. Katie just yeah. got swept. Kevin Durant just got swept. Yeah. He, Kevin Durant first is time not going out. Thirty like that. playoff series. You watch. First time in thirty and playoff you know series. You he, he loves swept. hoop and competition so much. Like, like I can see him saying, "All right, this is the way we're going to do things now." Right? Like, I, that's, if and I had to predict t- anything, that was it. One hundred percent, and in like that, really grabbing that because you can't. T- I mean, for as much of a basketball junkie as he is and loves to watch the game like you can't tell me that someone uh, of his ilk is not going to be sitting here watching all the playoffs and all the postseason games and start thinking about man wait oh i'm ready like ready ready in a way that you know that's that to me is where i know there's probably a level for you know the organization or whatnot just how things how things ended the anticipation of what the season was going to look like and the disappointment um immense disappointment for being swept but i think to to your point marcus you're still in and you're still you're still in a position as you head into next year to have a lot of optimism but how do you feel how do you feel some of those gaps and how do you make sure after this year you respond in a way um that is the best approach possible plus when is the last time katie's really had an off season like a real off season and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. It's probably been six years. Yeah. 
since he's no, had four when he, months No, when off. he was recovering from a torn Achilles. That was, well, was, he was <laughs> recovering from an Achilles. Right, 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 right. <laughs> he's in rehab at that point, yeah. Yeah, well, like a real offseason where he can get in the lab and do what he wants to do to work on his game and, and not have to go to China for the Olympics and not be in the, you know, making multiple finals runs. Again, I think that this is there's some silver linings here. I know it doesn't feel like it today, but I think there's some potential silver linings for this team in terms of getting everybody kind of mentally right, physically right. Uh, another GM I was talking to said, look, all they need to do is spend the summer together like every other team does. <laughs> you know, like they have never done that. They've never had a summer together where they're just with each other all the time. And that, you know, I think there's something to be said for there that. There is. And teams are the East is too good now. I mean, you look across it's the board, really but good. Boston is yeah. too good. Like they, they still, at the end of the day, they were still, I know there was probably other reasons. For, they were still coming in as a seven seed, playing a two seed. That's a monster. And had teams That's dunking That's a monster them. and was ready right, right. for it. <laughs> right? Uh, right? Speaking of which, Sarah, yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts about, you know, the rest of the East. Uh, you know, <laughs> the way Boston played this is so beautiful, by the way. Like, Milwaukee sits Giannis last game, essentially yeah. bequeaths the number two seed to Boston, who's like, "Yeah, I'll go play Brooklyn." And now they get <laughs> now they get home court advantage in the, in the second round. Like that's obviously going to be an incredible series. Uh, how do you see the rest of the East shaking up? I, but that you could tell me in some capacity anything happens, and I'd be like, "Okay, I could see that." Uh, and so much comes down to health and injuries and. Um, just how things look, what the situation ends up being with Middleton and, and him potentially if he can come back or when he can come back and uh, you go across the board. But I will say I am fascinated to see you assume I don't want to jump ahead, but Boston, Milwaukee and what that looks like. I'm such a big fan of Miami, um, but just, you know, I'm, I'm curious. To see, do you guys have thoughts on Toronto, Philly? Yeah, Philly about to go down. I mean, oh that's God. where, it's like, I thought that was, in my situation, like, you're watching, and I'm it like, It feels oh, like that, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it does, and I, and I have, I have no rooting interest, like, I'm not, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just excited about great basketball, all these teams, like, I am, you know, fascinated to see how it all plays out, but I was like, man, that's, I, I wasn't expecting that I early. I might and just have to go, I might have to get out of mothballs. If there, if, if, if this a was a game, game, seven, in game seven, game seven in Philly, I might have to go, Marcus. Yo, I might have to go see soon. Just to said see after the game, the I was like, oh, this is done. This is going building. seven. The beat's like, that's the coach job to tell them to shoot more. I was like, oh, they're done. Right. We're going seven. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. The ghost of Iverson needs to save them, but this is going seven. That happens. <laughs> Oh my god! Relieve a little attention oh. off Brooklyn for a minute. Oh uh, my god! If they blow this, if they blow this, I, I, oh I my think they're god. gonna do it. I think, I think I don't know. But that's the grittiness of whatever it is. Like just the the concept of of so many of these groups that have you know you have your strengths, you have your weaknesses, how you pick it apart, how you exploit things. Um, and to me, that's that is like that's the beauty of the postseason. And one play, one possession, different points of the the game plan, the adjustment, like small things can change the trajectory. Or MB could just go drop fifty and make us look like stupid. And exactly. Out, right? like, <laughs> like, uh-uh, like how would you ever think they were going to win this series, right? Like- <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see. Again, my 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 hometown Chicago Bulls. I I don't want to overlook them, um, but like this Boston defense against yeah. Milwaukee, 
and yeah, I know. and how they I know. go about, you know, trying to slow down Giannis and what that looks like and the chess match with with all of that. Like I'm I'm excited. I just I think um, it's fun to have seen even with the playing games and playing tournament, but how things shook out with um, the the depth of the East now or added depth and just amount of teams that if you tell me okay these this is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals or this is who comes out of the East. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised because I think you could make a case for a lot of these teams, but I think a lot does rest on health and, you know, availability, things like that and how that factors in. Yeah. And what do you think out West real quick? I mean, I, I it, Jose, I, I'm, Jose, 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 yeah. Jose. I must say I'm, <laughs> I, your boy Willie Green's done an incredible job down there. <laughs> he really has. Amazing job getting that, getting them to all kind of buy in and focus. And this is how we're going to play and we're going to do. And it, it's, they look formidable. They look formidable right now. And I, I didn't think there was a chance until they'd get a game off of Phoenix, much less two. Now I know Booker's out and that, that matters, but that um, what do you think, Sarah? I don't know. I mean, but that's where I think in, in the longer it goes, like the yeah. longer you could stretch series, I also just think even watching like now that Luke is back and Dallas and what I thought of Dallas before going in and what their route looks like. Um, I'm most interested in this Minnesota Memphis series. Oh, it is so uh, epic. Mm-hmm. It is I mean, so I just lo- yes, I yes, love yes. that. We're, and I'm not even talking about who's actually going to end up, you know, coming out and what the Warriors look like and all that. But I'm like, this Minnesota Memphis series is fun. fun. It's fun. And the youth yeah. in it and how it's this so ends up coming together. and energy, right? It's just like, oh, it's, man. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's, I just, I think we're really lucky. I mean, it feels this way in so many postseason, but to think about how many really interesting first round series um, there are, but then how that ends up looking when you're getting, you know, when you get past that and you get to the semis and when you get the, you know, some of these conference finals and what teams make it. And I do, I think we've seen so many young players, like for so often we would talk about, the veteran experience and being, you know, playoff tested and, and what that means and guys being mm-hmm. and like, I don't, there's some like young guys or young teams or that they just got, they got a moxie about them that they don't mm-hmm. care. Like, and they're just playing, it's almost like they're just playing so freely or playing with a, a level of um, passion and just enjoyment of it that mm-hmm. I'm that like, it balances out a little bit more. That I mean, to me, that goes back. Boston has got a ton of playoff experience and they're battle tested. Um, but I'm like, sometimes I don't, you're looking at some of these games and it feels, it, it feels different in the sense of the youthfulness of some of these groups or younger coaches or how you're seeing mm-hmm. them kind of rise to the level of, um, of helping their teams out. It's, it's, it's been fun to watch. So I love the com- The conference semis are my favorite round of the playoffs because it's the final eight and, and any one of those eight could win it because they're good enough to win it. Um, but you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so what do you do now? I mean, I know this is not what you want, you know, you, no, you've got I, all this time off. She's like, I yo, it's a win-win. Do we keep I'm going? Actually, or? It is. I'm actually, well, I'm actually, uh, I got a late call and I don't think anyone expected, um, the nets to be done, but I'm, I'm right. getting a chance for ESPN radio to call game five between the bulls and the bucks. Oh, in that's Milwaukee. great. Oh, that's great. So I'm running Congrats. out to that. Yeah. So I get to talk with you guys and then head out there. Um, I do. I also have a podcast called NBA flashback. 
right. with iHeartMedia. So I'll still be uh, doing doing some stuff, talking to some people and flashing back to some great NBA moments. Okay. Uh, yeah, some serious XM NBA radio. I don't know, kicking around. Some things will pop up, but maybe, but definitely okay. taking a breather, but, but yeah. taking in all these games. This is... Um, this is the best time of the year. And so while I oh, wish I was still not calling, a bad life, though, uh, huh? some yeah. more Brooklyn game, I'm <laughs> right. like, I, could, I could, I could, I could roll with this. I could roll with right? this. Okay. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking time after, you know, uh, it's hard that the day after and you were, you were great oh, sport the, to do this For with. you and Marcus, anything. For you and Marcus, anything. <laughs> and and if, it, if there is a game seven in Philly between the rap DA, I may be seeing you there. I, mean, I it's, may it's come, a nice, I might have to come nice to that, Marcus. Trip. Marcus, I, just for the theater. Yo, I, mean, I just <laughs> I need Iverson in the building. Like, I need, right? you know right? what I'm saying? <laughs> Stack and all that. I need Meek. I need all that. And it's going to be right. crazy. Sport, can you imagine Sports Talk Radio Sarah right now? Like, can you, it's oh Philly. Like, no, they're no. going nuts I mean, right now. Philly is right a now. different beast. We all know Philly's sure a different is. beast. It really is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm really <laughs> rooting for, for Toronto in Game Six. Let's go, Toronto. I want to see a Game Six. I got seven. no oh, rooting interest, but I, I am just. I, I got my pop. I got my yeah. popcorn out. I got my popcorn. I might have out to. I might have to come out of mothballs for that one. <laughs> If B's gonna drop fifty and make me look like an idiot, but if they you get know, the fine. game seven, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take a great B performance, but yeah, these exactly. playoffs are exactly. grand. <laughs> oh, they're fantastic! It's just great. Best time of the year. Best time of the year. And All right, like the, fi- yeah, we got a little yeah. bit more normalcy with it after the last two seasons. It's nice to kind of feel like we're we're hitting right. The group That's a great bit. point. The fan experience, like. So the fan yes, presence is definitely right. a game changer. Like the, that right. New Orleans crowd, like Smoothie King was cracking, right. yo. <laughs> Smoothie King, like yo. I don't know, Memphis, I don't Memphis crowd. The Memphis is. crowd was obviously great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Minnesota crowd was not, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's just a different experience <laughs> with the fans in it. Like I even, even oh, I hear Brooklyn was crazy. It was. Yeah, here in Brooklyn, it was. The people there, like, yo, this yeah. is okay. This was wild. Yeah. It was lit. They didn't. It didn't. The outcome didn't. Uh, didn't didn't necessarily come back in their favor but uh no, it's tremendous it's tremendous <laughs> oh man well sarah good good talking to you and safe travels wherever you go whatever you're doing um and um a pleasure as always talking to you you're the best thank you thanks guys. sarah <laughs> all right y'all leave that five-star review on apple spotify google play whatever we got a lot of places you can get this fine american podcast marcus Marcus, the dumb cats don't leave that five-star review. They don't feel like this is a five-star show. What do they need to do? They need to l- keep it to themselves. Are we going to, like, you strap them to a chair and make them listen to Philly Sports Talk Radio for the next 12 hours? <laughs> if you feel bad about yourself, you will feel better about yourself after listening to Philly Sports Talk Radio. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.